International. You hear that? Yeah. You hear it? Sounds a little bit like a, like a vinyl record on a turntable. No, wrong. You know what that's the sound of? That's the sound of a midlife crisis. That's the sound of a 37-year-old man who just frivolously spent way too much money on starting a new hobby that he knows nothing about. And goddamn, does it feel fucking great. Yeah. Feels good. Now, now I have something. I have, a th- I have a thing. I have a new hobby now. Another void has been filled. Hallelujah. My name is Ryan. I was a teen in the 90s. I am not a millennial. I am a vinyl collector. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. This is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. Having Y2K compliant. Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Could he go on the land or was he just restricted to wood? No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with the Millennials. All right. Hello. Shalom. Assalamu alaikum to all my listeners out there. You're all looking great, I gotta say. It's been a little while, but uh, you all look fantastic. And it's great to be here again with you, uh, you know, here on Ryan with the Millennials. I'm Ryan, and uh, my Millennial today is none other than Danny with one N. How you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing great. Danny, as you all may recall from a previous edition of Ryan Reflects, but now... He is our special guest. You are center stage. Oh, finally nailed it. it feels good. It's been, this has been a long time in the works because it has. Ske- schedules weren't matching up mm-hmm. and now finally we were making it happen. So the magic is going to uh, fall into place and we are going to have what I'm expecting to be the greatest podcast episode in history. Oh yeah. So, um, I hope you're ready for that. Uh, I, you know, this, this podcast is primarily about the guest, but if you will indulge me up top, I'm just going to talk about myself a little bit cause I've been in a, a pretty weird mood the past two weeks. And, and mm-hmm. here's the reason why, uh, I was, uh, sitting with my shrink having a jam sesh with the old headhunter or head shrinker. <laughs> nice. And, uh, which is where shrink comes from, by the way. And, um, she kind of leveled me with a question and I'm curious what your feedback is, not necessarily about me, but just in general. And the question was, uh, how are you or, or here, here's how she phrased it. Let me, let me think for a second. Um, how can you accept or how are you accepting the things that you hate about yourself? And that fucking floored me, man, because I don't know if you're in therapy or if you've ever gone to a therapist. Something like that is a question that is asked that on the spot, you're able to sort of talk your way through. But then it kind of ping pongs around the old cranium, mm-hmm. you know, for the ensuing time afterwards. This has been about maybe a week and a half to two weeks since it was initially asked. And... It, you know, it, it, it makes you reflect on shit that you don't want to face. Mm-hmm. So have you ever found yourself in a situation like that? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I've definitely had that. I mean, I, nobody brought that question on to myself. I think it's something I've actively been thinking about for at least the last couple of years um, as I've like transitioned from adolescence into adulthood. Yeah. It's something I, don't, I hope more people are aware of. I don't know. I can't say that everyone is, but... You, you start to find out that everyone, I mean, we all like to think we're all likable and, and I think most people are well-mannered and, and warm, mm-hmm. but uh, there's definitely parts that you don't like and that probably people could criticize you on. Yeah. And I think everyone probably has a different way of coping with that reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, my answers are both shallow and non and um, just to stick with the shallow side of it. You know, mm-hmm. I, 
I hate that I'm short. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably. You should work on that. <laughs> I, I, exactly, right? Uh, just growing. It's general. just, right, I need to grow. Uh, pass me some milk. Uh, nope, not that much. But uh, it's just one of those things that I, 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 I never like. It doesn't invade my thoughts 24 hours a day. But it's just one of those things like that I notice when I'm out, obviously, amongst mm-hmm. people. I'm always the shortest man or mm-hmm. usually the shortest man in a locale. And obviously, I can't do anything about that. Um, but it's a, it's an exercise in how comfortable I am with myself mm-hmm. to talk my way through that. It's like, yeah, but you're short. But who? Get, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, nobody no, cares. I think, yeah. And I think you know most people who zero in on what their little picadillos are. I mean, I think naturally, depression, sadness, or anger are always the go-to resolutions for that Mm -hmm. do you find yourself getting angry at some of the things that you wish you could change about yourself yeah i think i'm more angry than i haven't changed them yet is what it is because i know and i mean i mean there's like accepting the parts of myself that i can't change a lot of physical things yeah uh i mean i have no qualms with my height or or how i look necessarily i think if i could be in better shape that's totally within my control so that's a whole other issue but I mean, a lot of the things I guess I I'm bothered with by myself are more uh, the way I uh, the way I carry myself, the way I handle things in my day to day life. Yeah, kind like of what? stuff. Like, for, like, give us an example. Um, like, uh, okay, so um, I think I should be more productive more of the time. I, I and I don't think I waste a lot of my time. I, I don't spend hours on Netflix. To be honest, I've never even watched more than an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, uh, good. Which I guess I, is the more recent binge yeah. worthy thing. Um, that show is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like in a good way, like it makes me fucking, I, my anxiety is on 10 when I watch that show. When I watched it, I was watching it with friends and we were partaking in some fun and it was nutty. Too yeah. Long. But I mean, but like, that's the thing is like, I, I want to be productive all of the, I feel like I should have achieved more by now and I want to be yeah. further along in things and it frustrates me. I think it's my it's to a fault of my own that i'm not there yeah well like what do you what what did you see yourself accomplishing at the well how old are you first of all i'm um, about to turn 25 in two weeks oh happy birthday thank you uh and what did you think where did you think you'd be at 25 i did that's the that's the frustrating part is if you talk to danny at 18 i don't think i had a plan i, yeah. I would have been like 25 i don't know married or whatever an older person does sure and then uh while I was in college, I just imagined what I was doing in college was what I was going to be doing at 25. Which was? I was working in radio. Yeah. Um, I was working in promotions, which wasn't my favorite part of the whole station, but I kind of yeah. got pigeonholed there. Like uh, handing out t-shirts and sunglasses? Yeah, and you organize events and you, yeah. you make, I mean... You s- clean up after the dunk tank? You make the... Fundraiser? <laughs> I wish we had cool stuff like that. Yeah. Uh no, you just, I mean, it's, it's all trying to, uh, attach a face to the radio station and be public and yeah. you try to do well, do it in a way that's likable and charismatic and people uh, are drawn to, yeah. uh, but it's hard. I was a promotions director my senior year and, uh, which means I was like in charge of a staff and I worked with the general manager of the station Yeah, and I executed most of the events and planned and everything. How was that guy? Was he cool? Oh, he's super cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shout out to Dan Schumacher. Hey. Um, yeah, I know. Danny S. Credible. Uh, Shoe Credible radio guy. Very well respected in the community. Yeah. Um, but uh, not a good, um, uh, just too much responsibility for a 21-year-old. Sure. <laughs> so, like, did you, so was that because of all that responsibility? Was that when you were just like, maybe I don't want to do radio anymore? It was afterwards. It was like I, I went in to college with no real plan. My parent, my my family, kind of was like, "Hey, uh, we're like we're like lower middle class. We're not poor, but we definitely did not have a lot." And so, my grandparents, who were like both like you know thirty years in the army and twenty five years in the post office, and my grandmother's a nurse, and my dad just like worked like a blue collar job as a pest control technician. Yeah, his whole life. That's big out here in Texas. Pest control. Yeah. Technicians. Well, the bugs are really big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A good point. Yeah. He's brought home a lot of really interesting <laughs> things. Uh, Something I'm still getting used to. And <laughs> I just want to know which ones will kill me. That's all. <laughs> most. All of them. Most. Right? Yeah. Most uh, of them. Uh, if you let them. But he, they they saw education because my dad didn't finish his degree and because my grandparents never had the opportunity to go to college. Uh, my mom didn't get a degree. She barely got out of high school. Yeah. That that was the ticket out and that I just had to go in and start, but I wasn't ready to handle that kind of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of went in there and just kind of like 
drifted through just like I did in high school. Right. Just, you know, and then by the time I senior year got there and I was getting ready to graduate and I technically haven't finished completely, but, uh, was getting ready to graduate. It was like, all right, Danny, now just go do the rest of your life. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. They're like, yeah, no, nobody's instructing you at this point. You're done. Just go figure it out, bud. And I was like, oh no, I didn't plan at all. I didn't, I didn't even expect to get this far. So it's intimidating when you're faced with that sort Mm -hmm. of, yeah, college is now behind you. Yeah, it all... Now you have about 50, 60, or 70 years to figure something out, bud. Yeah, make money, go build a life, be productive, don't get addicted to drugs, blah, blah, blah. Have a personality. It's like, all these things are very, very taxing. Yeah, uh, social life, that's completely up to you. You no longer have the school to help provide an avenue for it. You got to make your own friends. I think that was one of my problems when I was younger, was that I was under the impression that an active social life is what would ultimately lead to career opportunities and uh you know the the road that i took uh you know i went i started i started in radio mm-hmm. and then i left to go pursue stand-up and you know you hear about the networking and schmoozing and go out and be be present and it's like it's very easy to neglect the actual work part of that um the thing that I get envious most of is people who know what they want to do at a young age and are very good at it. Yeah. Already. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the way things are set up now, the way the world is set up is that you're more not exposed, but like, you know, you're able to tap into those people more now because they just seem to be right in front of you yeah. everywhere you look. Um, so what are you doing these days? Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And then uh, I run a podcast uh, with Jake, who was on the episode with us. Yeah. Uh, and then I work at a paint store daytime. At a paint store? Yeah, commercial wholesale. So it's a lot of contractors, new res, uh, new residential okay. apartment building kind of things like here a, in Austin. Like a, the, what's that called? Uh, condos. We paint. What's the br- what's the brand of more more paints? No, not Kelly Moore. Kelly uh, we're Sherwin Williams. Ah, uh, Sherwin Williams. That's a pretty big rivalry right there, huh? Yeah, it's I like don't the, know. I, I think Home Depot course. actually is like the one that gobbles up most of the market, but they're not specialty. They're just like those monopolistic paint- bastards. Basically, honestly, they're like the Walmart of yeah g- of whatever that is construction goods sure <laughs> I have, yeah i mean i, I walk into a home depot and i feel like someone's ready to kick me out because they look at me and they're like what are you doing here and most of the people who work at home depot are also not qualified <laughs> yeah right to make any real suggestions about the stuff they're putting up you know i don't think anybody in retail is really qualified to be where they are i think they are no i'm barely i should barely have my job <laughs> yeah i'm surprised i held on to, on to mine in retail for as long as i did um considering i made it very clear that i didn't want to be there uh, well, so do you feel like you're on a better path now? Do you, are you, are you, uh, pleased at least with the things that you're doing lately? I feel a lot better. Um, it kind of all came crashing in on me. I was like 22 graduated. I was not technically graduated. I'd like finished full time. And then I was like, Oh, you have like two classes and a capstone. And I was coming up to the end of my lease in San Marcos where I went to school, uh, which is just 25, 25 minutes South here in Austin. And, uh, I was like, well, I have to move and I need to get a job and I need to do all these things. Cause I can't keep taking out loans to live. Cause I, I did most of my school on grants and student loans. Yeah. And, uh, how bad is the debt? Not that bad considering what most people have. Yeah. I'm like at like 23 K. Okay. Yeah. And I paid, I paid just over the interest right now. So it just kind of sits there. Yeah. Um, just that number alone scares me. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, I have a cousin, but she's, who's way more productive than I am. Yeah. She's finishing a law degree at a uh, university of Houston. She's looking at like six figures. Yeah. Well, my sister went to law school and she too is in six figures and she's probably, but she tells me what her starting rate is. And I'm like, well, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like three times what I make a good year but it's relative you know you yeah, owe yeah, you yeah, owe the yeah, amount yeah. of debt in comparison to what you make and same as her right sort of yeah i mean, I mean like, if i had actually finished my degree yeah it could be a little bit easier to and like when it went into like a set career path like sure i was in radio sales for like a very small time yeah and if i had stayed there probably yeah i could be like you know 10 20 percent in of paying it paying it off but you know i was miserable at that job and i hated it so yeah uh, is the goal for you to be financially comfortable? No, I don't think so. I've, I'm well, one of the things that's happened is I've come to terms with the idea that uh, I base what my success is, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean I've lived 
a pretty, I mean, my, my family, I want to say meager, but like my, my family, we've gotten by very nicely with what we have and we do, we've been comfortable. So there's no need for me to, I don't need a Maserati or like four bedroom house if I'm not having kids or anything like that. So yeah, I've accepted that. And you don't want to have kids. I'm less open to it nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Just considering I was like, well, if I'm okay with not making a lot of money, is it really responsible of me to try to bring in a person? Right. Otherwise, like I'm, I'm totally cool with the idea of being a father. Sure. Uh, well, we have a surprise for you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Your pullout game is not strong. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like, I mean, you're sowing your artistic oats right now. Yeah, twenties is a good time to try to figure 20s, that out. Yeah, your twenties is the best time to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, my twenties were spent making zero money. I mean, I, I wasn't making shit, but I was I was actively going for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I made no qualms about what my ambitions were, and whether or not that was good or bad for me, it's the jury is still out. I still would love to get to the bottom of why nothing ever happened for me in comedy, although I have an inkling. Um, but. Uh, you know, where do you see this going? Well, now that I'm turning 25. It's like, okay, uh, you have five more years before people start really looking at you like, all right, Danny, how serious are you about anything? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, we have a good thing going here in Austin. I feel like I have a lot to gain if I'm resourceful and hardworking. Um, there, there is a plateau probably to everybody's, uh, but if I don't dwell on that and just see where the chips land, I think I could build a career at least in writing Yeah, or, or doing, doing, I don't know, podcasting, but I'd love, I'd love to lend my voice to things that it doesn't have to exclusively be podcasting. Sure. But it could be radio or it's a tough whatever. industry to really make your bones in though. Radio um, or podcasting? Just, just comedy. Media. Yeah. yeah no, media horrible, entertainment yeah. in general. Yeah, I mean, I graduated uh, with like 300 people and I know like 20 people actively in careers in media now and I don't know where the other 200 people are. Uh, was, that, was it a media school? Well, I mean, my, the college at Texas State, uh, Mass Communication, so oh, okay. advertising, PR, oh, okay. electronic media, journalism. Yeah. I know people who are doing like sports radio and sports and news anchoring and yeah. some print stuff uh, where that is available, a yeah. lot of online stuff, uh, graphic design. I know. I mean, I have tons of friends in the field. Sure, but compared to how many people just that semester left with a degree, no, not <laughs> that many people. No. So do you feel like the odds are? How do you how do you feel about your odds here? Well, let me uh, ask. Actually, you know what? Fuck that question. Let's come back to it. Uh, are you okay with all the scenarios that could play out? Yeah. The longer you go into this, yeah. Um, you're 25 let's say you let's say one day you're 35 and, and just for 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 the record i'm not trying to discourage you from anything we're just having a conversation here because now i'm fascinated about this aspect of you uh let's say you're 35 and you're obviously better at what you do but you're still sort of in the same place i think you know with a lot of artists and comedians and voice actors and actors in general just anybody who's artistic or creative there's this weird switch that they have that I completely envy and it's that they don't give a shit about where their standing is. Obviously there are people who become bitter and there are people who are constantly pining for that one big break, which may or may not come. But I feel like the majority of people who do end up doing all right for themselves are the ones who are just like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to never answer to somebody and do things the way I like to do. them." Uh, are you comfortable with that notion? I mean, I'm the notion of um, I guess am I I'm comfortable with the situation I know that not every so I don't I know that not everything comes to a big break there's not gonna be one day where you're nothing and then all of a sudden you're something I mean some people I guess uh, but you know that's not actually the case uh, I don't know I don't I guess I don't really understand what you mean uh, I, 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 I do well, I want to not answer to anybody but I think that's everybody's goal and work yeah um, so, I mean, there, I think there's lots of ways you can approach that and it doesn't have to be completely ap- applicable to comedy or entertainment necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like you can start your own business or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like the idea of like, I decide how I make my money and it's my means, you know? Right. Um, performing is what attracts me to. So as long as I can continue to do that and, uh, maintain the self-esteem in my, and the confidence in my performance and yeah. i think i can probably die happy 
<laughs> and I guess that's the goal: dying happy. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just like I just if, no, if I'm never if, gonna die, just for if I'm having fun and I'm enjoying what I'm doing, yeah. and I'm not you know starving in the streets or just just not in the streets. Yeah, I'm gonna be starving at home. Uh, then I'm, I think I'm I'm fine. Yeah. What uh, What is the one thing that you'd like to do in, with comedy or in comedy or perform is by far just you like want, the num- that's like priority number one. Y- the yeah. right I have like a lot of writing goals. Okay. That I like would love to achieve. Yeah. But uh, like for TV, if you asked me whether I'd rather be out performing or at home writing, it'd yeah. probably be the first one. Out performing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. just way more attractive to be active yeah. in what I'm doing than. I mean, I don't mind cooping myself up with my ideas, but sure, it it seems like a way more stressful path yeah. to be like finish a thing and then be like, all right, let me see if I can sell this to a publisher, and then it's fucking you know, hard, yeah. You know. Are you? Uh, you're. I mean, uh, there's like an instant gratification to performance. Yeah, and we know each other fairly well. We've got to know each other since mm-hmm. I moved here. Um, you're play. You're a pretty emotional, dude. Would you consider yourself? <laughs> you pointing out my, how I started the last podcast. <laughs> well, I'm just you know, so Danny, talking about life and career. Now, I notice you're very, very in tune with your feelings. Well, it's, it's a nice little, it's a nice little segue that we could sort of get into here. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you, it's, you, what you're commenting on is I use the phrase "I'm emotionally volatile." Well, that was the phrase you used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I used the right. phrase "emotionally volatile," which yeah. a kinder way would just be like saying moody. Okay, but I was in some kind of mood that day. So, <laughs> oh, were you? Yeah, only you to notice. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know a little passive. Yeah. But. Well, it's funny. I mean, not everybody picks up on the same. Not everybody picks up on the signals being sent. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. received the same way. Uh, I noticed you were. I didn't. I just figured you for indifferent that day. I didn't really pick up on anything else other than that. But hey, indifferent would be, I guess, accurate. Yeah, um, I wasn't like. Yeah. Well, I think indifferent. I always think like does not care kind of thing. I might be. Misunderstanding um, the term, but no. It, it, well, indifferent is sort of like a yeah. It, well, it's, no, that's apathetic. What you're thinking of okay. indifferent is more like take it or leave it. I don't give a shit how this goes one way or the other. Yeah, kind of. Whereas apathetic would have been like you know I could be somewhere else <laughs> right now. I'd be napping. <laughs> yeah, um, but that was a weird day simply because I was in a pinch for a guest and I didn't know what to do and I'm still relatively new to this podcasting thing and I'm terrible at thinking on my feet and so I just you know i know we had been trying to schedule your appearance for so long and it didn't occur to me that that could be the prime opportunity yeah um i had also been you know jake was also like you know can i come on and be funny because i feel like the first time i was on i was just a little crybaby and i'm like well no but it was it was a great conversation we were having so not not every podcast has to be funny jake yeah (laughs) he's gonna uh, listen to this sure yeah of course he is probably listening right now outside the door uh but that was me trying to find a a temporary solution um to a sort of long-standing issue like mm-hmm. uh i wanted to have you on but i wanted to have him back how could i accomplish that but also be able to give you both standalone episodes and so i knew i could bring you both together for an episode about me and then at a later date have you back in for your individual yeah um that was a long way to go to explain the circumstances <laughs> for this for that question um there's a whole backstory to all of these yeah but i mean you didn't you didn't seem <clears throat> you didn't seem you're not a very extroverted person to begin with is that no no, no yeah yeah definitely yeah so i mean i didn't really take anything different away from you that day you seemed very engaged in the conversation we were having um not a job to do so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you, you had to take that podcast and put it on your shoulders um but no i mean the reason why i bring up the um, the emotional thing about yourself is i want to know how uh that factors into your decision making and uh how you how you deal with that uh i don't know if if it factors in but it definitely influences decision making yeah uh what's what's the what's the scale we work with here can you go from zero to depressed very quickly yeah i I exist like what i like to imagine is like two different planes so there's like norm what i what i perceive as normal Mm -hmm. how i understand most people must be most of the time it's just my idea of it yeah uh but then i exist like just above and just below it okay so like that day it was there was nothing my day was fine it was a totally normal saturday I was expecting to do there's nothing else in play my family's fine yeah everything else in my life is fine uh but there was just like uh, yeah there was like a complication with all our scheduling and, and there was like a i was like feeling very emotional about being asked at the last second but not personally but like jake and i work closely a lot together we're you know we're best friends and 
we we work well in comedy together and so mm-hmm. it doesn't ever surprise us when people ask us as a package sure but you know it occasionally you want I, each of us wants to feel appreciated individually yeah. for our talents of course so it was like that and in the combination of like it, it just opening it up being open but it was yeah. like you've done the hey can you come on oh no never mind twice uh, before I, on yes me. i have and so i was like already kind of annoyed with like all right i'm always available but like <laughs> yeah you can't just always say no to me after i agree no and that's you're right you're a person too and i apologize for if i yeah. came off disrespectful obviously that wasn't my intention yeah um yes occasionally i don't know what it is i guess because we are friends off mic um I don't want to make this an issue of like access, like, Oh, I like, I know Danny's always around. It's not quite that necessarily. It's just, I, I felt like you would understand, um, that a guest who only has that day to do it, um, needs to come in to record their episode and that we will eventually record your episode. So yeah. that may have been some short sightedness on my part. I didn't Yeah, just not drawing the line between when I'm a guest and when I'm a friend. Uh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Because I also, you know, because it's like... I, yeah, you can only take... so you're, you're a human being too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it all came in. It all kind of just fell on me just like an hour before I had to come here. And uh, yeah, and then it, it, so it just took me from where I would normally be and then just brought me down. And then I don't know how to like work through them always when I'm feeling that depressed and kind of angry or not angry, but like I just annoyed. Yeah, intolerant. To, yeah, I just, you know, just didn't want to deal with anything and i was trying my best not to be like that on the mic but it started to come out a little bit um and then just that's actually me most of the time it takes very little to like send me in any direction mm-hmm. um and i've just really i mean it's uh, looking back I've, I've always been this way yeah but it wasn't i wasn't aware of it until about like two years ago what uh what is the trigger for sending you in the wrong direction like what uh when things don't go according to plan okay it's, so, yeah, I mean, not that I'm always a very scheduled person, yeah. but always have an idea of what things are going to be like sure. in the near future. And when, you know, something changes it, that's when it's beyond anybody's control, I can be like a little bit more flexible when somebody like actively shifts it. Yeah. Uh, it always feels it always feels like personal. Sure. Yeah. Like they did it to me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that sends me off. So uh, this doesn't happen often, though, does it? Mm, it's hard for me to say because I don't count them. Yeah. I just try to work through them when they do. Yeah. At least that's like my approach nowadays. Uh, but thinking back, I mean, it, it happens pretty frequently. I mean, it could be some some weeks it happens like all week and then other times I go like two weeks of just like, yay. And then have I get you, hit um, with one. Have you ever, uh, don't, please don't get offended. By no, 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 no. Go ahead. Have you ever been like prescribed? Yeah. Okay. What have you been what so, have you taken in the past? Uh, I was on antidepressants for a little bit and then uh, I had like a, a anti-anxiety medication, but it was just, just for when I had panic attacks. Yeah, well, uh, 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 Zoloft? Uh, what, what, what are we working with? Clonazepam or something like oh, that. Oh, Klonopin. Klonopin, yeah. yeah that's I had a, that that's for that and then I don't I forget what the depressant was, but I was only on the depre- antidepressant for a little bit because I was just starting in comedy and it made me feel like I was wrapped in plastic. Yeah, I was like it, numb to all feelings all the time. And so it made writing and thinking impossible. Really? Okay. Yeah, so I couldn't like, react. Like cloudy. Yeah. Very robotic. Yeah. And I mean, it was fine because I was functional yeah. at the time because it was like way more severe. Um, but I just hated it. And so I just stopped taking them. When, when you were on that medication, were you, what, were, were you telling yourself these things? Like, I know I'm capable of feeling something, but for some reason right now yeah. I'm wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Yeah, I could feel it. Like, uh, uh, when I would try to think of different, I mean, th- different ideas or whatever, I just, I would see the things that normally would, like, make me try to, I guess, like, think of a joke or, mo- or would make me feel creative. And then I would see them and then they would just whiz by and then my brain would just be like, all right, what's next? And then I couldn't yeah. focus, like, and really take things in, it felt like. So you were short on experiencing. Yeah, it just, it, that's why I say the bubble, the plastic, it's like, it's like you numb. see what's going on, but you, there's nothing you can do about it. Did it make you indecisive? Like, did you ever find yourself like, it doesn't matter, whatever, let's just do whatever? Kind of. Uh, I mean, it's just, I want to say indecisive. I could, I would make the argument made me more decisive because I was just more go with the flow kind of thing. Yeah. Because I wasn't reacting to anything. So I was like, if that's the case, whatever. Yeah. It just sounds like you weren't as concerned with outcome anymore. No, it's and like you weren't depressed, but at the same time you weren't engaged either. Yeah, I don't know 
what the deal was. I mean, I don't even think I necessarily needed them completely. It was just a really pivotal time in my life. It was right after I moved to Austin. So right after I stopped going to school full time, uh, something happened in those first five months of, uh, it was like 2015 that, uh, uh, I, I got broken up with with my my most serious girlfriend at the time and the love of my life. Mm -hmm. In January, we were working through some stuff for the rest of the, for like the next six months, but we weren't together. So I was like, I was, you know, alone for the first time in like four or five years. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I was, I got, I went from radio to advertising for one month Mm -hmm. and then I got like, go. So I, stop doing a, f- a friend put it, in spe- put it in perspective for me when she was like when i told her story she goes oh so you lost the person you thought you're gonna spend your life with and you stopped doing the thing you thought you're gonna spend your life with all in the same like same span yeah. of time and i was like yeah so like it's a pretty sharp pivot yeah so i was like literally i had it's like i i could anticipate like i said i would when I, t- I anticipate what things are going to be like and then when they change mm-hmm. i hate it so this was like the most traumatic that could have been because the two things I was certain of in my life yeah. were gone. And so I was just like out in an open desert. Yeah. And it just, I guess it, it scared the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah. It's overwhelming. I can see that. What, um, you don't strike me as a megalomaniac or a control freak or no. even someone with OCD. No, I mean, I'm going to have ticks, but yeah, I mean, we all do, but, uh, well, what is it? Why do you put these expectations about the way things are going to go ahead of you? Why do you do that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, we're all human. We all want things to be the... Well, we we should all know. I mean, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't go think like, oh, we're just, life is just go with the flow because that's exactly how you fail. <laughs> um, well, there's... You have to be trying for something at least. Absolutely. I mean, there's something to be said about going with the flow, but there's, it's, it, there's another thing to be said about taking things in stride. You know, taking life in stride you know, you're, 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 uh, you're going at the right speed to accept things that don't work out, but you're also taking the, you know, the right amount of, you're going the right amount of distance to be okay with everything too. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I guess so. It's like you're moving at a brisk pace so that things don't really affect you, but at the same time you're taking in the things that are good too and you're enjoying them. I don't know if that makes any better sense, but <laughs> um, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, you know, when you, when you, place uh a, a vision in front of yourself um yeah obviously it's great to have those goals and and no matter how lofty they are to reach out for them but you know sometimes shit don't work out and um you can't blame yourself for that yeah is that no i didn't blame myself i just didn't know what to do yeah and you, it you, depressed the heck out of me and then uh it didn't factor in those like like i said earlier i was like oh danny you gotta go gotta go make your own friends now and i was like in a city that i really didn't know anybody in Mm -hmm. away from all the friends i'd made in college while they're off doing different things and then i don't have a girlfriend i don't have a career yeah uh you know so i'm like broke (laughs) and all these things and it's just like it, it led to i mean i was depressed and that probably isn't really there as much or as often but then i was like socially anxious i don't know how to present myself to the world i could barely i didn't have any when i say real jobs i had jobs but like they had like safe like like safety nets under like the radio station they could fire me but you had to mess up pretty bad for them to want to kick you out it's a learning lab is what they treat it like okay uh but then you go get a real job with like real expectations and everything and it's like less safety net and it's way more daunting yeah and all of that just kind of like I just all careened in my head at once and mm. I just was like, I don't know. It was like getting bashed over the head and being disoriented. Yeah. And I was just like walking around for like two years. That's doing a good that. analogy. <laughs> you got all those little birdies flying around your head. Yeah. And everyone's like, what's up with this on? guy? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know yeah. what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Social anxiety is a motherfucker. I'm learning about that one right now. Yeah. Well, I, it makes me so mad. <laughs> Why? Because people these days, everyone thinks they have it. Uh, not yeah. to say that you don't. I'm, I'm going to speak yeah. to anybody, but everybody, like, somebody's like, oh, I said this one kind of awkward thing once, and you know what? I just freaked out. And I was like, no, social anxiety. Let me explain to you what a real panic attack is like, first off, pe- people. Just these people in my head that I've, uh, you know, projecting this Jake on. Jake and the other four listeners I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to it, too. Excellent. Uh, I'm joking, by the way. I love to yeah. hear myself talk. No. So, talk me through a panic attack. I'll tell you about the one, the one moment I had the, the biggest panic attack that was socially based. I was still at the radio station, mm-hmm. but fresh off the breakup. 
and it was actually at South by Southwest uh, two years ago. We had we had we'd have an event every year on yeah. West Sixth Street. I like to call it South by. By the way, that's what yeah, that's what the a locals little, like to do. A little, <laughs> little nickname I came up with. It's nice. It's and, nice. Anyway. I, I hope it sticks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're at this event at this bar and it's all the coworkers and a whole mess of people because it's a free show. And I mean, the talent's like, well, I mean, they're all talented musicians, but it's not music I listen to. It was like a pop station. So, mm-hmm. um, won't name drop early Golding and then, uh, <laughs> Creed. No, but we're there and I'm trying to like interact with my coworkers <laughs> and what and whatnot. And, uh, there's just this moment where it's just really crowded and my, my brain goes, uh, we don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be here. I'm tired. I don't want to. And I Ubered from our radio station to there. So my, my, my radio See. station is about five miles west of downtown Austin, kind of Southwest and in the West Lake area. And, uh, so I'm down stuck downtown. I took an Uber here with coworkers and, uh, I've had like maybe a beer and I'm like, oh, I just want to go. I just don't want to be here anymore. I just can't be here anymore. Uh, so I panic, actually panic. And then I go, I don't even say I'm, what does that look like? You panicking? Uh, I walk around aimlessly, kind of pacing. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking for no eye contact, head down, avoiding talking. Hands and pockets. Yeah, people are like, I'm the best at Irish goodbyes. Yeah, I have no problems with just not being in a place anymore. And people I'm a are huge like, fan. Where did Danny go? Yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I go and I get my stuff out of one of the promotional vans, and I just start walking. And it was a cloudy day, like today is. Yeah, just start walking in that direction, thinking if I just keep going, I'll get to my car eventually. And about a mile out from downtown Austin, it starts pouring sheets of rain. Mm-hmm. And rather than like go find cover or whatever, I just go, I can't, I have to go home. I can't do this anymore. I can't be here right now. Yeah, you were. I walk five miles in the rain to my car, mm-hmm. get in soaking wet and then drive home. And then like just, the, it just continued while I was home. It was like, once I got home, it didn't even stop. I was still yeah. nervous about all those people. What do you think? thinking about though like are you thinking that they're judging you are you thinking that they hate you are you it's a lot of different you running through all these scenarios like why did i say that to this person and less that stuff so that's the stuff that i'm like you know that has less to do with what being anxious about than like social anxiety is paralyzing yeah i was i just couldn't function and then you know once i did get home i was like you know, just kind of an outburst and I just couldn't understand what was, cause I didn't even really understand what was going on. I never, uh, my mom has a lot of problems like these. And so she, while I'm aware of them, mm-hmm. I had no idea what they looked or felt like. So I didn't even know what to look for. Um, and I got home, I was like crying and I like call my parents and like, be like, I don't know what's going on with me. My head's messed up. And yeah, I was like, I just, yeah, I just didn't want to be there. And then more so when I thought, like not once I got away from there, I was like, I didn't want to be where I was just physically. And you don't want to be alive world. Yeah. Without, without, without feeling suicidal. Yeah. No, I wasn't looking for the nearest window yeah, or anything, but I just was like, I don't want to exist. You want them to like, disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And that all just came from being in a crowded room. <laughs> uh, but it's well, what triggered it. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, the crowded room was the uh, vehicle for what was driving that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the awkward thing I said. Right. Exactly. It runs yeah, much deeper. I don't know. I mean, obviously I haven't been diagnosed. Uh, I don't know that I, well, you see a shrink. I don't, I see a shrink, but so all it, this is completely arbitrary. Just coming out of my head. I don't, <laughs> Yeah. I saw a psychiatrist like twice for the medication and he did suggest a therapist, but yeah. I'm broke. So, well, I, I, okay. My, my reasons for seeing a, a shrink, um, my God, I'm, I'm now beginning to feel self-conscious cause I know people I work with listen to this podcast. Um, but whatever, who cares? I'm, I'm this is my thing. I'm being honest. Uh, I started seeing a shrink. <laughs> talk yourself through it. Yeah. Talk myself through it. Uh, I started seeing a shrink back in New York because I was struggling with some issues and I was able to overcome them. And what I realized about therapy is that it is going to the gym, but for your mind, it's your emotional gym, you know, work, work it out so you can become stronger. Your issues never fully go away, but <laughs> you're everything's able to padded. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, no, yeah, there's a there's guy, no other a, men there intimidating <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy in an LA fitness uh, polo. <laughs> But uh, I came to Austin and I was not going to a shrink for a while before I was just like, oh my God, I've swum out into the deep end. I need to get back to the fucking wall before I could do that. And so I started talking. Where are my water wings? Exactly. Where are my muscles? My swimmies, my muscles or whatever they're called. The water wings. That's what I call them. Yeah. That's a regional thing. Everybody's got a different uh, name for it. All right. We get it. You're not from Texas. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But um, 
you know, I go now because I just want to be consistent with it. Um, obviously, I still have we all our issues never leave entirely. It's just we got to get better at handling or managing them. Mm-hmm. I see a shrink now. It's not necessarily for social anxiety, but that comes up a lot because, I, you know, I don't I think I'm just an introvert by nature. Uh, I think I'm somebody who fares much better in one-on-one conversations yeah. than I do in groups. I tend to clam up in groups. I tend to not want to be the center of attention in any capacity. And forget about it. Unwanted attention? No, thank you, ma'am. Pass. Uh, but I do set, like when I'm, like just last weekend, I went to like a, a little house party type thing. I was there for maybe two hours because that was all that the brain could fucking handle. As I was there, I, I started off well. I showed up. I had things to discuss. I had contributions to make to the conversation. But as time began to elapse, I was just like, oh, my God, I have to get the fuck out of here because I am very out of place. And I, 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 I am becoming exhausted uh, having to internally work through this chore of being in public. And it's not because I thought people were like watching me or that people were taking note of things that I was saying that may have been awkward or weird. It was just, it was just one of those things where I was like, this, this uh, environment is not correct at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, I left. I wish I could say I did the Irish goodbye, but no, I had a very stumbly, fumbly goodbye on the way out. And um, I don't know if that's necessarily anxiety. I feel like it's an aspect of it, but I don't, I mean, I don't know like what other people I don't know what's going on in other people in those situations. The thing I try to remind myself in those is like whenever you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling this way. Nobody else must be. Chances are they are too. Mm-hmm. Like when you like, when you say that awkward thing, like, Oh, and I said that that person's probably being like, Oh, why'd I say that? It's probably the same. Like, it, yeah, well, we all need to stop thinking we're so special about some of these. Totally. We like, you know, the world's just slightly more complicated, you yeah. know? And so a lot of, a lot of people nowadays are just dealing with how things are different. I don't think my dad, uh, you know, cause we're so, we're all so can, I hate to always press it on technology, but that's literally the biggest defining yeah. thing about all of us. But like our parents and our grandparents, when they went home, nobody could bother them. <laughs> they got a lot of alone time, you know, yeah. there's a lot less to do, a lot less stimulus. So, you could keep your mind occupied. Yeah. And also you built your, you built your own expectations because you weren't over inundated with the idea of what an expectation should be. So I think like I'm part of a generation that grew up with a lot of television. And I mean, yeah. I don't mean like, Oh, we all sat around cause every, every generation is going to be like, we used to play outside, but, uh, like the num, I think like the option, so like my dad grew up with four channels. Right. I grew up with satellite TV. Yeah. You know, my grandparents had it. So they would, we had Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. How many different TV shows that is? And let alone the movies our parents would take us to. And that builds this world in your head of like, this is how people interact because that you're, that's part of your environment. Sure. Other than just watching your parents interact with people, which has a lot to do with it. What you see and what you perceive affects that too. So I feel like people are just now dealing with, not everything's freaking perfect because it doesn't happen in 22 minutes or 90 minutes like you see. And so like when you, but you, you know, 60 years ago you went out to a party. The only thing you had idea of parties was probably like the last party you went to. And it probably wasn't all that bad. So yeah, this one won't be that bad either. And so it just seems like it would be more natural to be more comfortable. I also, that's an interesting thing to bring up. I, 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 for some reason I feel like in the past you go to a party and there were, there were norms you show up. This is there's now, always chips. Now, <laughs> right. one thing about parties I don't like now is it needs to be more chips. <laughs> yes, I need something to crunch on. Uh, but there were norms, you know. It's like okay, everybody, now we're going to play this game, and now we're going to watch this, and now we're going to play this song, and now we're going to do, and now it's over. Goodbye, uh, you know. But now it's I love an itinerary at a party. It takes the pressure off. Well, the, the point <laughs> I was going to make is you know, and maybe this is this is now maybe the the old guy coming out. Uh, now I feel like there's this 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 tendency to want to make everything you do the greatest thing you've ever done. Yeah. And it's not just enough to to want to in you know to on the inside want to make it that way. It's we have to fucking take pictures. No one's going to believe that we're doing the greatest thing ever you know, unless we fucking throw it all out there and whether or not it is or isn't is irrelevant to the person viewing it from across the country because they're looking at that and they're, they're being like, well, they're just living a great life and I'm fucking in my living room doing jack shit, which is also okay. 
But you could take a pretty sweet picture of yourself in the living room doing jack shit and people be like, man, that guy's got it set up. That and you're like, no, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. That, None of it matters. Yeah. Well, because that speaks to the point that you made earlier. We're all, yeah. we're all going through the same shit. Like, yeah. You know, uh, that actually helps when I go on a first date now. It's like to sit down and know that the other person feels just as weird about yeah. this this as i do yeah. <laughs> you know it's there's no there's no perfect scenario like you could watch as many saved by the bells as you want first dates are never like that no exactly <laughs> so, <laughs> we all meeting at the malt shop afterwards and it's like no one did that after high school yeah like maybe i don't know i mean there's probably like something sometimes where you there would be you know everyone would gather in one place but yeah, I, I just think like our generation has this really skewed view generation, but just people my age, yeah. slightly older, probably a little bit younger, have this really skewed view of the idea of what reality. We can't separate reality from the rest of it, and that's yeah. a, a huge problem because it's harder to build relationships and earn trust now. Yeah, but some people would disagree and be like, "Well, all this technology is assisting in that," but I absolutely am not on in that side of the fence. I think it is. I think we. <laughs> it's really up to us to like try to take a hard look and be like, "When do? Where do we draw the lines? And how do we?" Is there like a no phone? Like, if, like we, we have these days. Remember, like everything's like sandwich day and ice cream day. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, you know. It's all marketing, by the way. And who cares? Like, like subways. Go buy a thing or yeah. we'll give you a free thing if you come back. Just get addicted to our things. I don't care. Like all that's whatever. But maybe there needs to be like a national. Like, all right, everyone, put your cell phones away day. Yeah. And then like, and like have a community event. So it's like, all right. And you're not, not only can you not be on Facebook, but now you have to go show up and force yourself to interact with the rest sure. of your community. It's people used to be, that's a lot to ask of community active, but you ask anybody if they know their neighbors nowadays. Yeah. My parents, Oh, we always knew our neighbors. We hated half of them. I, you know, <laughs> part of being in a neighborhood. <laughs> you like, have to hate your neighbors. You have to know them to, to hate, hate them. them. Sure. So I make an attempt to know my neighbors, but when I, when I you I hi I wave and hey how are you Mo- morning on oh, the way no, to what's with this guy yeah like, exactly that's that I do <laughs> that's, exactly that's that's what I'm made to feel every time it happens and I'm just like but what's your fucking problem I'm just trying to be nice you yeah know? you know a wave's a non-threatening gesture because it shows I don't have a weapon <laughs> right I don't yeah I'm safe weaponless over in 209 come on I'm not inviting you over for the Super Bowl guys huh? go stalk Ryan now that he gave away his address <laughs> you could stalk me I got nothing just go to every apartment complex look for 209 yeah exactly a lot of doors getting knocked on. Uh, uh, so pop radio station. Yeah. What is one song that you'd be happy to never have to hear again uh, for the rest of your true, life? They're all great. That's the problem. They're, don't they're be a company math, shell. They're math. You trash. I don't music. even work for them. They didn't even pay me that well. You I make more money now working in retail than you're I did not, in sales. Oh Jesus. You're yeah. not leaving this room until you trash a song. Trash a song. Just anything by Creed. That's a good one. Yeah. Because, like, all the other pop songs are, like, mathematically made to be that good. And I don't mean, like, in a lab. Just people are very, very, very talented to know all the in and outs of writing good pop songs. Yeah. Do it. And so that's why they're all great. Yeah. Uh, great but Creed was a band that somehow <laughs> rode this post-grunge wave. So, like, everything kind of works in phases, like, theoretically, yeah. uh, where it's, like, things happen isolated lo- locally. And then when they catch fire... And you can find out you can make money doing it. Mm-hmm. It gets oversaturated. Sure. And so Creed wrote that punk post grunge wave. So they're like a band that probably should never have been successful. Well, and it's weird because they sound There's like There's lots grunge. of bands like that. I mean, yeah, they, they are practically, you know, as derivative from grunge as any, but... Who's uh, that one that... Uh, but I have an interesting... It's like every 90s band. Like, hur, 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 exactly. Hur. Well, like it's Eddie Vedder. Pearl Jam. And it's, yeah, it started with Eddie Audio Vedder. Slave. No, they all sound the same. Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. Uh, I have a theory about Creed that I just came up with on the spot, and it's that the reason why uh, <laughs> Has they it been were peer reviewed, yeah, peer, peer reviewed, the uh, peer reviewed, of course. The reason why they were able to sustain the success was because there's always going to be a fan base or a group, a large group of people that, that don't know any better. Well, no, they'll 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 always say, "No, we're not going to let the next thing come out." We're not gonna. We're not gonna graduate into the next, because after grunge there was all that. There was a little bit of new metal, but there was also like the White Stripes and the Strokes, like all that garage rock and surf punk or whatever was starting to come back. But Creed lingered because all these people who were like fourteen or thirteen years old when grunge was huge, they just refused to move on, and Creed just served that purpose. What are, they, what are those people doing these days? Uh, who knows? Okay, because I feel very similarly about people that listen to like I grew up. The two thousands was like my formative years from like. 
2004 to like 2010 that was like all of middle school and high school for me yeah uh and like big music then was like what people refer to as emo sure uh my chemical romance and yeah taking back sunday huge fallout boy fan yeah uh but like and you people can have all kinds of arguments about charlotte how do you feel about that let's just (laughs) go through all really terrible yeah i'll i'll concede to liking fallout boy and mike m and taking i called him mike m taking back sunday all that stuff (laughs) packed some panic at the disco all that stuff people have arguments about which one of it's real or not but i think all that aside there's this it's been 10 years Mm -hmm. we should be forgetting about it now it shouldn't be cool for another decade or so right but it's sustaining and the reason it's sustaining there's like this arrested development mentality a lot of my (laughs) friends that like they just love the nostalgia of it still yeah. and it's like it hasn't even been that long it, dude yeah like it's not <laughs> nostalgic like, if it's still present yeah somebody like earlier put on instagram like a picture of this mayday parade pretty obscure pop emo rock whatever you'd call it warp tour band and he's like so what fest and dallas coming up and so what fest is dallas's uh kind of answer to south by okay and all they do is book all the people that south by venues probably won't take okay which are like mayday parade and uh-huh. good charlotte or whatever yeah uh there's a few really good ones but most of them are eh, who cares it goes on at the same time as south yeah it's literally happening it's about to happen right now that's what he was posting about and i was like like you know at certain point it's great to love that music but at a certain point you got to go all right i should listen to something else or get into yeah. something else or just you know there's new stuff coming out yeah like, gives give other shit a chance yeah but they're just like i'm gonna go to emo night and i was like do they i do mean it? i went to one do they do I, it with a wink of irony though because that kind of changes okay no it's it's i mean that changes i went the i refused to, i used to refuse to go to the emo night i was like i'm not doing this like who would play that music in a club that is the worst idea that's not music you go to to Hang socialize in no that's like i'm sad in my room because i'm 15 music yeah. that's not <laughs> yeah the same thing and i went once with this girl i was dating at the time and i hated it at the beginning but then i got drunk and then it, it got better <laughs> of course so yeah well because the nostalgia was triggered if you're hammered it's great but the one thing that i did was like i refused to partake and i just might i'm just might be too cool or whatever was people started like i don't want to call it moshing because it's not really when you no one's getting hurt but like they're like you know in the circle pushing each other around yeah. to the sun i was like there's no bands playing guys this is <laughs> yeah the equivalent if i just like started playing this music in my room and me and my friends just went buck wild yeah well that kind of just like looks lame people were just having fun well then i don't know what fun is like, <laughs> well, they, what are you guys doing were they doing it like ernst like an ernst yeah, like, yeah they, oh, were, okay. they loved That's, it they uh, thought it was the coolest thing people were trying to ride the crowd and i was like yeah. that hardly works in real life it's actually concerts. very funny yeah. yeah i know it's freaking ridiculous this whole thing i recently uh, up. <laughs> i i realized since moving to austin i had never gone to a live music show which is asking your entire life no 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 S- oh. since moving here oh no, i went well, to it i went whatever. to a, a ton of live music when i was younger but i moved here and i just it's like you yeah, know, new york seems like a pretty easy place to find one. Oh yeah dude i mean i through high school college cbgb was probably still open while you were there yeah it was it was totally nice. was uh, i mean i we can go down the lit coney island high was better than cbgb in my book for a punk show but mm-hmm. i don't know yeah that's cool to know <laughs> i mean that's just, you know that's just my thing um they're both gone i'm gonna blow up but, all the um, brooklyn re- hipsters minds but like, yeah but you've been kona island whatever kona out yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so the real people went well so the first live music show i went to when i moved here was only recently and it was a real big fish oh with, that's fun with anti-flag <laughs> yeah i didn't go because See, i was, ska is punk that hasn't taken itself too seriously i you know people who knock ska are just fucking lying to themselves no, because it is fun music it, it's good it's i mean it's not fucking beethoven we're not rewriting sonatas no, here it's not meant to be or symphonies super rather, intellectual <laughs> yeah just you, you put it on and you fucking take it for what it's worth and it's just yeah, it's fun. just fun yeah it's just you know uh but i i was going because i wanted not only just to see live music but to sort of restore the fun of seeing live music. And I figure this is a great entrance into that. Just yeah. watching Real Big Fish, who, by the way, put on a great show. They don't oh, take they themselves seriously. And then the band before them was Anti-Flag, who took themselves way too seriously. Yeah, they had surprised some political statement about fascism up top. Yeah, well, they were weird because, like, you know, their backdrop, I, th- I feel like I may have already talked about this on the podcast, but their backdrop was an upside-down flag, and then the, the guitarist, who's also one of the lead singers, is out on a microphone going, if you all want to fight for democracy and not let tyranny, blah, 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 then you got to stand up and, mm-hmm. and voice your opinion on liberty, and it's like, dude, your message is very... <laughs> Contradicting symbolism. Yeah, like, what's going on here? Are you for the country or against it? What's happening here? Um, mm-hmm. But it was well, a good 
what happens when you let punks age and then they don't get jobs <laughs> and do normal things. Lousy punks. Get a job, you <laughs> punk. Uh, just for the record, the song that I could probably go the rest of my life with never hearing again is Hotel California. Not on dark desert highway. I can't fucking stand it. I can't stand it. It was so bad at one point in my life that any time uh, I heard it, I just it was a superstition. I immediately thought the rest of my day was going to suck. Oh, um, well, yeah, I can see that. Don Henley's got that voodoo. That yeah, it's one of the first songs they teach you when you learn guitar. Really? Yeah. I thought it was Smoke on the Water. No, that's what you see. Like, well, when you first you play, learned, do you play the guitar? I do. I play a couple instruments. Uh, you know how to play Smoke on the Water? I don't. <laughs> Fire um, that teacher. No, well, what happens is like when you're when you're ten, like everyone kind of gets a guitar at relatively same age. But when you're ten or eleven, twelve ish, they what the, the they focus on is like standard chords, like A minor, E major, G major, the, like the the basic building blocks. Yeah, and uh, some of the easier songs to go to are just like well written pop songs that are probably like being taught by teachers that are like 40 years older than you. So people mm. that listen to hotel California and the horse with no name. And oh yeah. All those, like they're using those songs as examples because they're using the fundamentals that they're trying to teach you. And they know those songs because that's what they learned growing up. I see. Uh, and so you go, okay. And then they teach you that song. And then, but nowadays that song's crap. So everyone's like, Oh geez, stop playing yeah. that song. And then you Still go a shitty song. You go, well, I want to play like real rock and roll cause it's guitar. And so you go to the, the, just the easiest songs right just happen to be like smoke on the water and smoke on like the that. water and um white stripes was uh seven h army was huge when i was first learning guitar yeah they uh uh when i was younger everybody who played guitar learned how to play uh what was that metallica song that really slow one boom 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 nothing else matters oh yeah yeah everybody so, oh, was, everybody yeah. always broke into that one house of the rising sun does it has a similar similar uh kind or, of technique or, or pgo i don't know i'm just yeah just start and loft and <laughs> just rhythm just throwing out music terms that i don't no, they, I know nothing about they're yeah. very very similar in height and so how G, you play it's them. a g to a c minor it's close enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's very very similar ways to play them and it's like uh i don't know what the the term is but that that dun 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 that's yeah. like in classical guitar too so that's uh, like yeah. another easy go-to yeah for example be like all right kids and let's play this now yeah do you can you guess what instrument i played when i was in high school I don't think I ever told you. No, I think I can do. I, I know that I'm really good at pegging people with instruments. Yeah. <laughs> Physically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trumpet. No, incorrect. One more guess. <sighs> Trumpet. Wow, you gave me a so lot of credit he, there. No, what? Uh, okay, so here's, here's how I'm breaking out. Here's how I'm breaking down. They seem very complicated. Uh, here's how I'm breaking down. It falls along very gender-specific lines, and sure. that's like men tend to want to play the brass and the women tend to want to play uh, wind. So okay. I'm going to go with saxophone. Okay. You're wrong on that too. And what I find interesting. That's percussion. Uh, I'm done with this podcast. Just yeah, that's kidding. it. Uh, that, uh, Ethan, end it. Uh, no, what I find interesting is that you assumed it was a marching band instrument when it was not. I uh, played the drums. Mm. Oh, you did. Yeah. See, I wasn't expecting that. No, I was a drummer because I. Well, now I have to be, be a man of my word and leave. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wanted to hide behind a collection of instruments in front of me. Okay. But also get girls. Yeah, I always, drummer, I always used to always tease uh, my friend. She was a symbol symbols on the drum line. Yeah. I always just tell her, I'm like, well, you play, you're in band, so that's not cool. But you're on drum line, so that's cool. But you play the symbols, so that's also not cool again. Such a, <laughs> yeah, such a yin-yang of coolness going. Uh, well, Danny, I want to thank you for uh, stopping by. How are you feeling today, right this very second? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. What do you uh, do to uh, stuff the emotions? Do you eat? Do you drink? Do you do uh, drugs? What's well, the thing? All those are addictions, so no. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you do anything to fill the void? No, uh, I try to actively. It's all. It's all out of self talk. So it's, if it's if it's a voice in your head that's making you think all these crazy things and feel a certain way, yeah. you have you can respond to it. You know, it is your own voice. Sure. Uh, unless it, you think it's another person's voice, then you really need to go seek help. Um, uh, but I usually just remind myself uh, that I don't have to feel that way, and the things aren't the way they are, and 
you know, yeah. I can, you know, roll with the punches, I guess, so to speak. It's a very therapeutic and uh, enlightened approach, my friend. Yeah, kids, uh, you don't need therapy, all right? I'm doing just <laughs> fine. Just talk to Danny. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you talk how, to uh, I'll tell you how I fill the void. What I do is I go to uh, bodytapeintl.com and I sample all of their fine programming, which is what this show is part of, the podcast network known as Body Tape International. And, and that's uh, not a plug. That's, that's, that's not a plug. It's that's what I do. Uh, so I encourage all of you to do the same. Fill yeah, your own if, voids. If you go on there, you'll find a podcast, probably the, arguably the best podcast ever made. Um, I was getting to this. Inarguably, but you go, in my you go opinion. For but uh, we heard it first. We heard it first as Danny's podcast with Jake, <laughs> yeah. prior guest Jake Rowe. Uh, a very funny podcast, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's the world's p- first podcast review cast. So it's fantastic, great <laughs> idea. You guys are executing it well, and uh, we think so. I, I again encourage everyone to spin by bodytapeintl.com to f- find those uh, shows and other shows. Uh, and if you like this one, please drop us a line at Ryan has a podcast at gmail.com. And uh, again, man, thanks for coming by. I'm glad we yeah. had a chance to do this. We'll have yeah, you back. Thanks again. for having me. Yeah. Well, we'll have you back again. We'll have a round table therapy session. Hell yeah. I'm going to tell everybody you're not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. That does it for us. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.